tonight to Mark 11, chapter 20, uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Hallelujah. 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 And it seems like I, I, I feel like there's a ring in this. But if, if y'all say there's not, well, but I'm, anyway, uh, tonight, uh, pastor asked me if I would minister tonight and it seemed good and it seemed good to the Holy Ghost, seemed good to me and the Holy Ghost. And uh, what the Lord gave me for tonight was to talk and to minister to you on uh, receiving, that we need to learn to be receivers because we're already good believers. I don't need to talk to this church tonight about believing because we're all really good at believing already. But most of us are not that good at receiving. And if we look in Mark 11, verse 22, we'll begin there and say, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. In verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And uh, so in verse 24, one of the things we can note is that uh, that it's not only necessary that we believe when we pray, but also the, another vital part that cannot be left out is that we receive. And so there's been a lot of teaching on believing, but sometimes we haven't heard that much about how do I receive and what do, how do I go about receiving. And we need to learn, and it takes practice even, to become a good receiver, to know how to receive from God. And so tonight we'll talk about how to be better receivers. Turn also over to Matthew chapter 7, and uh, we'll look at this for a few minutes. And I believe this will help you tonight. As I've been meditating on it, it helps me. Thank you, Lord. In fact, you know, one I know one teacher I was listening to said that uh, this is like the number one reason that believers like born-again people don't get their healing is because they don't know how to receive. Believe it or not, it's not. Because right there in Mark 11, if we had read verse 25, it goes on and talks about, and when you stand praying, forgive. And so for, unforgiveness can be a reason for not getting healed or not getting your prayer answered, I should say. or not. But, uh, but the num he, this teacher said that that was not the number one reason that we're actually, you know, pretty much understand that we have to forgive if we want to receive from God. But that the number one thing in the body of Christ that keeps people from having their healing is that they just don't really know how to receive. And uh, so we'll, we'll look at that tonight and get a better idea. Matthew chapter 7, are you there? Verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. 
So Jesus gives them a story here and he talks there and he says that, that the wise man is the man that hears the word but does what he hears. Here's what's preached, but has to do it. And that the that it's a very foolish man who comes to church, hears preaching, hears the word taught, and then goes away and doesn't do what he's just heard taught. Or reads the word and, and reads and says, oh, that says to do this, but then doesn't do it. So And, and he likens it to building your house upon the sand. In the, uh, the Cotton Patch translation says, That's why the man who hears these words of mine and acts on them shall be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And notice it, doesn't, it says instead of does them, it says acts on them. Because we're going to be talking about acting tonight, so you need to take note of that. Down came the rain, up rose the floods, outlashed the winds. They all cut at that house, but it didn't fall. It was on rock foundation. And the man who hears these words of mine and fails to act on them, fails to act on them, shall be like an idiot who built his house on the sand, and it was the cotton patch, not me that said that. The rain came down, the floods rose up, the winds lashed out, they all cut at that house and it fell, and my, what a collapse. And so um, uh, acting, acting, acting. Uh, you know, a lot of times we need to do a lot less praying and a lot more acting. And so... Um, Notice also when we read from both the King James and the Cotton Patch, did you notice that the rain, the flood, the wind, the trouble, the sickness came to both men? It, 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 the rain, the trouble, the floods, the sickness comes to the man that's, that's, a, that's a hearer and a doer of the word as well as to the man who uh, hears but does not do. Uh, <clears throat> so... Why we have to think about why did this man uh, that uh, that built his house on the sand? Why did he have failure? Why did he have d disaster? In uh, uh, the King James, you know, it said that it is a doer is a doer of them. In the Vines Expository Dictionary of New Testament words, the word doer is um, it means this: a way of expressing by actions your thoughts and feelings. A way of expressing by actions your thoughts and feelings. So we could say this, that being a doer of the word is expressing by action your faith. Expressing by action your faith. Faith is not just what you believe. And so a lot of people are trying to get healed on believing. Or trying to prosper, or you could do get a prayer answered of any kind on believing, but faith is what you believe about the word that you will act on. And if you won't act on it really in the strictest sense of the word, then you really didn't believe it. If you won't act on it. So if you have a if you have sickness and you uh, say, uh, I believe I'm healed but you won't get up out of bed that morning, then you didn't really believe that you were healed. Because if you really believe that you are already healed, past tense, 1 Peter 2, 24, then you are going to have to act on it to some measure. And, you know, the measure depends on a, a, a lot of things. And so uh, <coughs> your faith is really what you believe that you will act on. If you believe that God... Uh, that, that, that God uh, will supply all of your need according to His riches in glory, then you will tithe 
because, and if you don't tithe, you don't believe God will supply all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. If you believe that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap, then you will be sowing good seed. And you will also be trying not to sow bad seed too. Because you believe uh, that what a man sows, and so you will be acting on that. Amen? Uh, if you believe, uh, we could just go on and on. So I'll go on. Faith has only one answer. Faith has stopped looking for any other answer except the Word of God. Let's turn over to James chapter 1, verse 22. You know, a lot of times we're looking for answers, but faith has already settled the fact that the only answer is the Word of God. You know, sometimes you... you well, uh, people will come and they'll want to tell you, and they tell you your problem and you tell them, Oh, scripture, and they go, well, yeah, I know that, but. And you can tell they hadn't settled the fact that the word is my answer. Well, I know, I know that, but. I know that, I, I, I know that, but. I know that, but the doctor said. See, we a lot of times have, we have such developed faith in what the doctor says. We have really developed faith in what the test results were. We have developed our faith a lot of times in the wrong thing instead of developing our faith in the Word of God. Uh, in James verse one, chapter 1, verse 22, it says, But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So to hear the Word and not do it will cause you to become deceived. One thing you'll be deceived about is you'll hear the word and you'll think you're in faith, but you're not because why? Because you don't have, uh, you're, you're not acting on it. And then you'll begin to question God. Well, and you'll begin to change your doctrine. A lot of people change their doctrine because of something that happens in their life. And that's one of the things that we've taught y'all. I believe we've said this several times. I know we used to say it. Maybe we need to say it again now. But don't ever change your doctrine because you're in a crisis. Don't ever change what you believe. Well, I don't know. I used to believe that prosperity stuff. But then so-and-so happened and I don't believe it. Don't change your doctrine in a crisis. Hallelujah. A lot of people do that, though. Well, I believed for healing, but, you know, just because we don't, you know, the Bible says we see through a glass darkly, but just because we don't understand everything that happened and why it happened and, uh, and, and uh, uh, why things turned out like they will, you know, we have to hold fast to the Word of God, and eventually we will see the whys if we will hold fast to the Word of God. Eventually, especially if we want to know the truth. Now, some people are just checked out. They're not even asking God. And you know, this is so true. God does not answer questions you don't ask. And you can wonder, well, I wonder why I didn't get healed that time. I wonder why my, and ne but never get around to asking God and you will never know. But the Bible says that you can know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so sometimes when, when something didn't work just right for us, we need to know the truth so we can be set free from it. Amen? And you know, I know we have a pastor friend of ours, and he was having a healing meeting in his church, a week-long healing meeting. He had really set his faith for his people to be healed, too. And he had a man in his church go home, clear across town, and die that night. 
just fall dead in this driveway. And, you know, he was kind of upset about that. He was frustrated. He was like, I'm having healing needs, and, you know, and my, they're dying, you know, instead of. And, uh, but, but he admitted, you know, this guy's been with me 20 years, and he, he's, he's been good to me as a pastor. He's served me, and he's given to my ministry, to the ministry, to the church, but he's really never done the word. He's never grabbed hold of the word. So he finally, you know, you know the truth and the truth will set you free. So that set him free some. But still, it's like, you know, I'm having this heating meeting and we're believing for mercy and all that kind of stuff. So one day, one of the little old ladies in his church came to his door and knocked on his door. And, you know, he's, he was kind of in a frump because he was meditating on this negative situation and so he kind of was like what do you want you know to his good church member that didn't die you know what do you want and she said well I don't want to bother you pastor but I had to tell you this the Lord told me that that man that the devil couldn't kill that man on church property and that he had to go clear across town before he could even die and you know he said that set him free from it because it couldn't happen. Even though that man had probably set law into motion and things. You know, you can, us having a big healing meeting here at the church is not going to reverse any spiritual laws you've set in motion with your mouth. Now God will get you to, in the healing meeting, He'll get you to try, He'll try to get you to reverse it. And you can reverse it. You know, when you've set spiritual law into motion with your mouth by confessing something, you're the only one that can reverse it. And you have to reverse it with your mouth. Okay, James 1.22, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. One thing we don't want to do is become deceived. I have seen more deception in the body of Christ this year than I've ever seen in the 25 years that we've been in ministry. I have never seen such people. People that you wouldn't dream, and I don't want to stand up here and name them all, night but some of them would you would know and these are people I know that have just like been deceived and done weird things crazy things things against the word but you won't do that if you continually practice being a doer of the word of God in the little things you know if the if the Bible if the little if the Bible says uh, men everywhere ought to lift up holy hands will bless God we need to lift up our hands and not stand there, like the pastor said, like a dummy, not doing the Word of God. The Bible says, um, Thy loving kindness is better than life. I will lift up my hands unto thy name. We ought to lift up our hands. The Bible says, uh, as I will sing praise unto my God as long as I have my being. Well, bless God, I'm a doer of the Word, and I know that says that. So, so if I know it says it, I need to do it. Amen. Otherwise, I'm going to set myself up to become more and more deceived if I continually don't do the word. The New, New English Bible says you will mislead yourself if you're not a doer of the word of God. The American Standard Version says deluding yourself. So sometimes we think, man, the devil just deceived them. No, they probably they weren't a doer of the word of God and they got deceived. And you know, sometimes you know, sometimes we could look at people and we go, they were they were spiritual. I know they were. We don't always know. Because listen, folks, have y'all figured out it's not what you do in this building? It's what you do at home. And guess what? You don't know what each other does at home. 
Now, it'll show up eventually that something you wasn't doing something right at home. I can tell. You know, it will show up. But we can fool each other for a while that we're doing, we're being doers of the word at home. Uh, the cotton patch says, don't kid yourselves by being a listener only. The SL translation, wonder what that is. I can't remember. Don't put yourself on, it says. Anyway, Luke chapter 6, verse 47. So we're looking at being a doer of the word tonight so that we can learn to receive. See, you think, well, what does doing the word have to do with receiving? Well, you have to tie it back to you only, your faith is really only what you believe and do. So being a doer of the word is, is a response of faith or believing. If you aren't doing the word, you're not in faith about the word. You're not in faith about that situation. Luke 6, verse 47. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he's like. Now, this is the same story, but Luke's uh, version. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep. I like that. Digged deep. Hallelujah. It takes, it's a dig deep. You know what? To be a hearer and a doer is work. It's digging deep. Did you ever dig a ditch? Dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Now, all the people that I talked to you about and I said, you know, I'd seen a lot of deception in the body of Christ this year and people doing crazy things. Some of it really, really bad sin. Bad things that are going to change forever their lives and, and stuff. And... Uh, you know what? It's quite obvious that their house wasn't built on the rock. It don't matter what position they had at a church. It doesn't matter. Their house wasn't built on the rock. Amen. You got, and you can teach the word to other people and still not have your house built upon the rock. They can even get blessed by it. <laughs> That's amazing, but it's true. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that built without that man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth. Again, see, that's it right there. Going building a house, building a house, but no foundation. Um, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. The cotton patch says, But he who has heard my orders and hasn't done anything about them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The river ripped at it, and right away it caved in, and there was great damage to, the, to that house. Uh, <clears throat> only one man here in this scripture had, was on a foundation that would not fail. The way that we build, and Pastor kind of touched on this tonight, I thought he was going to preach it, but the way we build our foundation is, um, especially if we want to be strong where healing is concerned and, where, and, and, and get ourselves where, where symptoms don't come at all or where we conquer them quickly or, you know, and where we're even ministers of healing, what you have to do is you have to meditate you have to have you have you have to be a meditator, and we see that. Uh, and meditation, what meditation does, it will build a foundation in your life that you can act from. 
Hallelujah. Meditation will build a foundation deep down inside of you. Turn to Joshua chapter 1. I wanted to talk about meditation for a little bit. Because meditation is really different than most people think. Most people think... Sometimes we get our ideas about meditation from what we've seen on TV. And you know, the New Agers and, and people like that are really big into meditation now. You know, one time I was even, I went to the doctor uh, here in Tuscaloosa. I don't go to this doctor anymore, but I actually inherited this doctor because the doctor I went to was a lady and she retired. And... Uh, so I inherited this guy from, and he was foreign. And so one, he told me in his office, and you know, when you first think about it, you think he's being, oh, he's spiritual, but really that's not what it was. But he said, uh, you know, I think it was something, you know, he thought that whatever I was dealing with, I don't even remember what it was then, but it was stress, he said. And he said, you need to meditate. He said, if you believe, say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I said, oh, I believe, yeah, anyway, and I don't think he was saying Jesus, so I think he was calling somebody else's name when he, but anyway, anyway, I don't have that doctor, but anyway, a lot of times we get our ideas of meditation from either that or for something we saw on TV, you know, and they're sitting there and they get in that lotus position and cross their legs, you know, if that was meditation, I could never do it, and, uh, <laughs> you know, get in that position and put your hands on your knees and sit up very straight and look off into space and get glassy-eyed and, and try to um, blank your mind out and not, you know, and think about some stream or some mountain or something like that. And they call that meditation, you know, and, and but that is not what the Word says about meditation. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it says, this, um, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do. There we go about being a doer of the word, according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. How many of you want to be prosperous? Amen. And then thou shalt have good success. So prosperous in every area, health and finances and relationships and everything, and having good success. Boy, I tell you, this sounds like a plan. And Joshua, God gave Joshua the key. He said, you need to meditate. He said, in the, the, the book of the law, and that would have been his five, first five books of the Bible for Joshua. For us, we know that it's more in the New Testament. But anyway, that this book of the law, and he said, you shall meditate in it day and night. But he told us how to meditate. And, and, and what God told Joshua is, the way you meditate is not with your brain thinking, it's with your mouth. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You meditate God's way with your mouth. And so when you make your scripture confessions, maybe you're using the little Charles Capps book or whatever you use, or maybe you just go through your Bible, well, you are meditating the Word. Or when, you're, when you walk, sometimes um, when I don't have my Bible with me and maybe I'm driving or something, I will just sit and, and I will just start quoting scriptures. And I will just kind of challenge myself to see how many scriptures that I can just quote. And I, how did I learn to quote scriptures? You memorized them. No, I never memorized a scripture. I just meditated scriptures. I just spoke them over and over, either from a sheet of paper or from my Bible or from some little book, until some of them, not all of them, but some of them got down in me. And then now I can say them, uh, uh, just I can say them out loud, and that's meditating. 
So when the, the way believers meditate is not getting that position and not blank out your mind and stare into space and, you know, and all that kind of stuff and not think about mountains and valleys and hills. I guarantee you, you get up from that and you might be relaxed. I'm not saying you might not be relaxed, but, but you won't, that won't guarantee prospering. That won't be building your house on the rock. That won't be making a strong foundation and the, and, and that kind of meditation is going to make no difference when the wind blows, but you can go do it again so you can relax while the wind's blowing. But it's not going to change your life when the winds blow and the, and the storm beats on your house. But, but having a foundation in the Word of God because you've used your mouth. And he says, um, this word shall, this shall not depart out of thy mouth, but ye shall meditate on it day and night. So we have to speak the Word of God out of our mouth. We need to do it daytime. We need to do it nighttime. You can, if you wake up in the night, you can just start saying scriptures. You know, you can just start speaking, who his own self bore my sin and his body on the tree, that I being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Hallelujah. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of my... You know, I just start quoting them and I've personalized some of them. Anyway, so meditating on the word of God will enlarge your capacity for faith. Meditating will make believing seem easy. See, a lot of times people are trying to believe, but they don't have anything down in here. The Bible says they have no foundation. Or one place in Mark it says, having no root in themselves. They don't have anything down in here for anything to hook on to. And I'll tell you something else. When you don't have a lot of word down in here, and sometimes we get new people in, and you can tell this about them, is then when they preach something, they get excited over the words preached, but they can't hang on to it very long. And I remember feeling that way. I remember when we first got into the word movement, got baptized in the Holy Ghost, well, um, I would hear a Brother Copeland tape and I would think, oh, oh, I would even have that feeling like, how am I going to remember this? I, you know, and I was just like, oh, I don't think I can, you know, and, and that was because I didn't have a foundation. I didn't have any root in myself and I would be excited over it. I'm oh, this is so good, but I couldn't hold on to it because it, it didn't have anything. You know, you got to have something down in here for it to hook on. And if you have the Word of God down in here, and then so the more you meditate in the Word, the faster you will get a foundation and the faster you'll be able to hang on to the things. Hallelujah. And you'll get where, and we have people like this in Bible college that they don't even have to take notes and they can make good grades. Why? Because everything we say, they, they just hook it on to what they already know in the Word of God. They just hook it on, but then some of us are still building our foundation. Amen. And some subjects, we're building our foundation more than others. Okay, uh, <clears throat> so meditating will make believing seem easy. And meditating will, when you go to act on the Word, it will make it seem like it's the only natural thing to do. Instead of being like, okay, now... Okay, I believed I received when I prayed. Okay, now I am going to act. What am I going to do? No, it'll be more spontaneous. It'll be the only natural thing to do. It'll be like, well, what else could I do? The Word's true. See, when you get to that place, what you realize is there is no other answer past the Word. There's nothing else I can do. I just have to press on. 
I just have to press forward. The devil might have thrown something in my path, but I just grab the Word of God and latch on to it, and I just keep taking steps forward and keep going. But when you don't have that foundation, the whole world stops. It's like, well, my God, we couldn't go to church. I had a headache today. I couldn't go to church. But when you... When you are, have a foundation in you of the Word of God and you've been meditating on it, you might have had a headache, but you'd have said, well, bless God, I believed I received when I prayed. So, and you know, what else can I do? Well, I just go to church and don't even think anything about it. And you know, it might not have quit hurting yet, but that don't make no difference because I know I'm healed. And so I'm going and I'm, and, you, and as you act on it, that's when you get your manifestation. But that's, but, but people that don't act, People that don't act and they sit there and say, well, you know, I guess God didn't heal me. Well, no, he did. Hallelujah. Like one preacher said, I heard a preacher say, I was listening to a tape today, and he said, uh, he said, uh, uh, I don't think God answered my prayer. And he started screaming. He was one of them screaming preachers. So if y'all want me to scream, I will, because it really got it into me. It, was, it had a good effect. It was David Horton, who's who it was. And he said, yes, he did. He answered your prayer. So now you'll never forget because he was screaming just about like that. Yeah, he done answered your prayer at Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm like, yeah, he answered my prayer at Calvary. Hallelujah. But a lot of people say, well, you know, it's not that God didn't answer your prayer. It's your failure to act is keeping you from receiving. Because your failure to act is proof that you don't believe. And when you look through the Gospels and you start reading the miracles of Jesus, God, Jesus wasn't just walking by these people plopping miracles down on them. The Bible says that if you read the, the accounts carefully, you'll see in every account, they came, they brought, they came, they besought Jesus. See, the, their coming, their, they were acting on their faith by coming, by beseeching, by, uh, 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 you know, and, and we'll, we'll read a couple of those here in a second. Hallelujah. And by the way, I'm acting on my faith tonight. God gave me this sermon and then gave me, he didn't give me. The devil gave me an opportunity to demonstrate tonight. So I am acting on my faith. Hallelujah. Have been all day. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so acting will seem like the only natural thing to do. You know, I just love the story and I, I think of this often in my life. But Brother Hagen, you know, he was the pastor of a church in this situation. And the, they had a big crisis in the church. I don't know what it was. And uh, the deacon board met, and he, they, they were all like, well, Brother Hagen, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he said, we're going to act like the Word of God is true. And I don't know about you, but I come across a lot of situations in my life where I'm thinking, I wish I could think of something to do. But really, the only thing there is to do is to act like the Word of God is true and just keep on walking. And some people never, you know, if you keep on walking, you'll come out of the woods eventually. And a lot, but a lot of Christians just sit out in the woods and spend the rest of their life in the woods. The woods of trial, you know, I'm talking about trials and so forth. Turn to Mark chapter 5. So the only thing to do is to act like the Word of God is true. Hallelujah. And you know, uh, really, okay, you want me to put it where the rubber meets the road? 
this is what we see a lot of times because I've been here I know it's like you know especially my younger days you know you get a cold or some kind of upper respiratory or something and so you pray and you believe God and it takes what do they say it takes 10 to 14 days to get over it if you don't do anything and it would take me about 10 days to get over it praying. it's like God this isn't supposed to be this way you know this is just not supposed to be this way. And so, and one of the things we do to shorten that time lapse, because that time lapse is not because God's withholding. It's because we got a lot of doubt and unbelief in us. And we have to root all that doubt and unbelief out. And then we, and, and another, but another re big thing is we just have to learn to start believing and then acting on the Word and doing it immediately. Amen. And just acting. But we've, like uh, David Horton said, what we like to do is stay home and nurse the devil. He has a way with words, doesn't he? <laughs> you know, he, I, he's, he's famous. I'm like, boy, he's bold. I mean, he'll say anything. He'll say, you're going to die. Can I have your watch? <laughs> I mean, if you keep believing like that, you're going to die. Can I have your watch? <laughs> and it's like, hmm. But he don't care what anybody thinks. And so um, I'm trying to be more gentle than that because I'm not perfected at this, but I want to be. I want to be. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. <clears throat> and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse when she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Hallelujah. So we're looking here at the woman with the issue of blood, and we see that she did four things to get healed. The first thing that she did is, well, first, well, actually, she had, let's say, five things, because we'll say number one is, is that she said, it said she heard of Jesus. So she heard something. See, a lot of times we get to thinking that Jesus just came by plopping miracles on people, but she heard of Jesus. Somebody had been talking in her neighborhood, and she heard of Jesus. She had to have heard about his miracles. She may have heard, they may have quoted to her some of the things he said in his sermons. I don't know, but for sure she had heard that he was a miracle-working God. And God has to have your faith in order to work. And so she, and then the next thing she did is found in verse uh, uh, 28. Actually, it, the Bible says it in different order, but it's in 28 says, For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, um, this was her faith speaking. This was her faith talking. She said, 
If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. You know, she got a plan. And she said, this is what she began to declare. Mark eleven twenty three says that you, we, she, you shall have whatsoever ye say. Well, she began to say something. If I touch, and so she's just working spiritual principle and spiritual law. She began to say, I, he, I shall, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. See, we don't try in, in, under the new covenant, and she's now, she's operating under the old covenant. We don't try to make something happen or make something be by saying. We, we, don't, we don't say in order to get God to heal us. Amen. And a lot of you'd be surprised the Christians in the body of Christ that are trying to take the little scripture confession books or a scripture sheet and they're trying to confess that to get God to heal them. Well, they've got it all wrong. Right? Because in the, under the new covenant, we are saying because of what we already know that we have. It already belongs to us. It's already ours. Amen. So we say we can follow these very same steps, but we have to make that adjustment in our mind. Because we're not saying, we're saying in, because we know what we already have. And then the next thing she did is found in the verse before. So see, and the Bible kind of records it differently, but she acted. See, in verse 27, it said, when she had heard of Jesus, uh, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. So first she said, if I touch his garment, I'll be made whole. And then she actually acted on it. See, so she, she acted, which is what we're talking about, is acting. She believed and she acted. Hallelujah. She acted on it. She went up and she actually pressed through. Even though she was considered to be unclean, she was not supposed to be out in public. She would have been stoned if they had caught her. So under great adversity, she acted. Sometimes it's like, well, yeah, but, but I'm too sick to go to church. But I, or I'm too sick to, to, you know, do this. Or I'm, and you know, really, uh, the great majority of people that get healed are the ones that are going to come on and come and say, Hallelujah. I'm going to go touch the hem of his garment. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go get hands laid on me. I know Jesus has already healed me, but bless God, I'm going to receive the healing anointing. And as soon as they lay hands on me, I'm going to receive or whatever, whatever scenario. Cause see, you have what you say. You have what you say. So she acted. And the third thing then, or fourth thing, she received. And she did it in that order. And then after she had done all these things, that's when she felt. And a lot of people want to feel and then believe. And so they're waiting for, they're hoping God will heal them. And they are maybe even believing in the sense that they believe that God could heal them and they believe God wants to heal them. And, and they may even believe that He would, but they don't believe that, they, that He has and they don't believe there's any responsibility on them to receive something. But the responsibility is on us to believe and the responsibility is on us to receive what's already been done and the responsibility is on us to act. Amen? And, because, and we act, we don't act in order to get God to heal us. Well, I'm going to act so I'll get my manifestation. No, we act because we already know we have it. And it, we don't put any time limits on God either. Because it don't matter... Because we know it's not Him withholding, and so it don't matter. I know I've got it, so I'm going to keep acting. It don't matter what. Amen? Because sometimes it's the devil putting it on you, and sometimes he'll stay there. You know, see how much you really do believe. 
Hallelujah. And like one preacher said, he said, you know what? And this will give, this will help you where healing is concerned. Did you know symptoms are not disease? Symptoms are not disease. Well, I've still got the symptoms. Well, what does that have to do with anything? If you really believe by his stripes ye were healed, what does symptoms have to do with it? Amen. Hallelujah. I know that's deep, but meditate on it. <clears throat> so then we get down here and it says, uh, Jesus said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Did you know that everything she did, all of these steps she took, Jesus called them faith. Jesus called them faith. He didn't say, Daughter, because you believed in me and my faith has made you whole. No. He said, Daughter, your faith made you whole. Did you know he was saying I didn't have really anything to do with it? He's just like you. Hallelujah. Praise God. John 3, 21. Now, of course, he had, he had a reservoir of power on the inside of him, but so do we. We've got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling down on the, in the side of us. And you know, people can put a demand on what's in us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Jo uh, did I tell you go to John 3.21? I did. Uh, it says in John 3.21, But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. He that doeth truth cometh to the light. If you keep doing the truth, you'll come out of the woods. You'll come to light. If we keep doing truth, we'll come out. Well, I don't know. I've been believing God for finances and I've been tithing a long time. We'll keep doing truth and acting on the Word of God because really tithing is acting on the Word of God. Sowing seed is acting on the Word of God. Hallelujah. And you will come to the light. And you may have to make some other adjustments along the way because, you know, maybe some people are tithing but there's some other things that they're not being doers of the Word. And so they're not getting full benefit or full harvest. Uh, turn to Luke. Uh, uh, and I already read that. I think I'm repeating notes. I am. I went back up the top and started to start over. <clears throat> the twin, Oh, in that verse there, doeth truth. He that doeth truth cometh to the light. One version says, he that doeth truth manifests truth. He, the truth is, by his stripes ye were healed. If you do the truth then you will manifest truth. The 20th century version says, He who acts upon the truth will manifest truth. The revised English Bible says, So that it may be clearly seen that God is in all they do. You know, sometimes people act on the Word, or they think they're acting on the Word, but they're just really acting on the inspiration of the moment. See, we need to be acting based on the foundation that is inside of us because we built our house on the rock. Amen? Uh, and I want to tell you something else tonight. Speaking is, is a way of acting on the Word. Now, when you are in a faith fight and, you know, maybe something's attacked your body or whatever, maybe, you know, you, you, sometimes it's kind of obvious what acting on the Word would be. But sometimes in some situations it's not so obvious of what acting on the Word is. You know what I'm saying? And so what we that's what the Holy Ghost is for. And so we pray and you know we first we meditate on the word 
And, you know, we get this, we get even, you know, even if you know the word, if symptoms or something attack your body, you need to go meditate. And, and, then, and then we pray and we believe we receive and we thank you, Lord. I know I'm healed and I, be, I believed I received when I prayed. So, and by his stripes, I am healed. So thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. And then you need to, if you don't know what you need to do in order to act on the Word of God, you know what, it might be real simple. It might be get up, take a shower, and go to work. could be real simple like that. Or it might not be so simple in some situations. It might not be quite so obvious. And so we ask the Holy Ghost, Lord, now how do I act on the Word here? Because I, I know I believed I received. I know, I, I know. But I need to know how to act here. And he may tell you something to do. I've had him tell me, get up and dance. And I danced. I've had him tell me, run. You know, I've had him tell me, shout. And, you know, it might be, you know, I know sometimes you just get up and sing anyway, don't you? Hallelujah. I don't have any voice. People say, I don't have a voice. You know, some people are, are, are on the stage for a performance. And people, boy, they don't want to, they don't want to, you go, I wouldn't get up there because I got to look good and sound good to everybody. But we're not here to look good and sound good. We're here to obey God. And so, you know, it's just getting up and opening your mouth and believing God that something will come out. Hallelujah. That can be acting on the Word. I, one time I bent over the dishwasher and something popped out of place that, in, in my back, and I never had a back problem of any kind. And the, I asked the Lord how to act on the Word, and He said, go sweep the garage. Well, I won't sweep the garage when I'm feeling good even. You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, they will tell you that sweeping is the worst thing you can do, running a vacuum or sweeping. So, hallelujah, sometimes that can be acting on the Word. But the Lord told me to do it. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's, 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 and, and you know, sometimes, boy, the word, because of a foundation is being preached, and all of a sudden, man, when you have that surge in church, that's when you need to act. You need to jump out of your seat and run. If, if that, if the word of God has met and the holy, the anointing of God has met with the foundation of the word that you have put in your heart, don't sit there and say, well, now I wouldn't want to be improper. Well, you know, this lady with the issue of blood, she said, I'm thinking about proper. I'm blessed God. I'm getting my healing. Amen. And I know there's been times when I sat there when I could have got something if I would have responded and acted. Uh, Matthew chapter 9. Well, we're winding down here, but we might look at a couple of things. Matthew 9 verse 26. I know this has been kind of simple tonight, but, you know, it just refreshes us. And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. So, um, 
once again, what we see here is that faith is what you believe about the word that you will act on. And we know they were acting because they were following Jesus. So they were already acting on what they believe. Now, Jesus asked them the question because he was, he, contrary to what some most people believe, Jesus didn't know everything while he walked into the walked on the earth. He didn't know everything. So he had to operate either by somebody telling him or he had to be operating in a gift of the Spirit. And sometimes he had a gift of the Spirit, and sometimes he didn't. And so he asked them a question, because he was trying to locate them. But he, Jesus never prayed a prayer he couldn't get answered. So he sure wasn't going to tell these guys, uh, you're healed, or lay hands on them, or do anything, and then have them walk away blind. Amen? And so he asked them, he located them, making sure what they were actually believing for. And, uh, they, of course, they uh, were healed. Hallelujah. See, the, the faith problem is always on our side. It's never on Jesus' side. It's always on our side if there is one. Uh, John chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. So we, if we're going to be good receivers, I hope you've caught on to this tonight because we've talked a lot about, I mean, we've said a lot of other stuff, but I hope basically you could boil it down to this. If you're going to be a good receiver, you have to act on the Word of God. If you're ever going to receive from God, you're going to have to act on it. And if you look back at the times you did receive was when you acted on it. And maybe you didn't even know that's what you were doing. But you see, these people didn't have the formula four steps for faith, but they were just doing it, acting on it, and they didn't even know they were. And then they'd get healed and Jesus would say, your faith has made you whole. But we have it recorded for us where we can see what they did. We can see that they said. We can see that they acted on the word. Hallelujah. But they didn't know that. John chapter 4 verse 46. Listen, if you don't know how you got healed, you won't be able to repeat it. Hallelujah. And you'll be just thinking that God sometimes does and sometimes doesn't. And God works in mysterious ways, His wonders to perform. And that's what most of the body of Christ believes. But nothing could be further from the truth. We can get healed every time. And we can get where we're so good at it that, that uh, I think I heard Brother Hagin said within an hour he would have symptoms gone. And we can narrow that gap, and that should be our goal, that we're so good at believing because we've built a foundation in our life, and, then, and we're so good at receiving. Now, we're already good at the receiving, I mean, at the uh, praying part. We get the praying part. We know how to pray the prayer. But, you know, then we need to fine-tune the other parts, too, where acting, where meditating is concerned, meditating and acting, and acting on the Word of God, where we get our healings every time, and we get them faster and faster and faster until, it's just not an issue till the devil don't like to put stuff on us amen John 4 46 and you know one of the great hindrances to being healed is being prideful too so you know if you're not getting it you need to go at it from a different direction and the word tells us how to do that too John 4 46 so Jesus came again into Canaan of Galilee where he made the water wine and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son and he was at the point of death See, sometimes we want to tell Jesus how to do it. And he said, you know, Jesus, you come down. And then Jesus said unto him, except ye see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now see, Jesus, what he's doing here, he's trying to locate him. 
He's asking him, really, is it going to take a sign and a wonder for you to believe? Because if it is, you and your son ain't going to be healed, basically. See, he's locating his faith. And the nobleman, he had a tenacity about him, and he said, Sir, come down ere my child die. He's like, I don't want to mess with this. Come down. I mean, you can tell anybody time somebody is kind of rebuked, but they keep on coming. You can tell that there is faith there. And sometimes what the minister's trying to do when they rebuke them is try to, they might, there might be just some little unbelief there and he's trying to get it out of the way. Like uh, the man that, well, I think it was in a coal, uh, what's his name, coal? Jack Coe. I was trying to say Cole, and it's Jack Coe. Jack Coe meaning a woman came and uh, she had that, she had a big old hairdo hoodoo, you know, because she was from a certain denomination. And like this preacher that was telling the story said she couldn't even spell cigarette, much less ever wanted to smoke one. And I mean, she was holy by her denomination's terms. But when she came up to get Jack Coe to pray for and he was a wild man. And you get ready because next week, we got a wild man coming, and you know what? I saw him. He's wilder than he used to be. Hallelujah. He just keeps getting bolder. But Jack Cole, that's the kind of people that get miracles. In fact, David Horton said on the tape I was listening to last night, he said, the bolder you are, the more miracles you'll get. So we just need to let that, some of that boldness even get off on us. But anyway, she came by and got him to lay hands on her. And then she's going down the ramp on her wheelchair. And, and he said there was so much noise in those tent meetings that it had to be the Holy Ghost that caused him to hear it. Because she's over there and there's noise everywhere. And he hears her say, well, that's it. I've gotten Brother Roberts to pray for me. I've gotten... Uh, A.A. Uh, a. Allen to pray for me, and she named two other uh, Voice of Healing ministers. And she so that's it. That was the last one, and, and he didn't get me healed, and he heard her. He attacked her. You sorry, unbelieving, you're going to go to hell. And he just attacked her. And, and she started crying. She said, I'm Pentecost. And she said, you're plenty cross. And how dare you come to A.A. Allen and Oral Roberts trying to get them to do something for you. You need to go to Jesus to get him to do something for you. And he let into her. And she said, she repented. She said, you're right. She said, you're right. And she turned her wheelchair around and came back up there and she said lay hands on me and it won't be you You'll be, it'll be Jesus and I will receive my healing and he laid hands on her and she came out of that wheelchair she acted she acted and but hallelujah he got nasty with her I'm not talking about he gently rebuked her he got nasty amen but he got her out of the wheelchair because sometimes that's what people need. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and there's some people that are willing to do it now. I don't know. I'm Lord, make me willing. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you're safe tonight because I hadn't got there yet. Hallelujah. John 4, 46. Did I read this? Yeah. And... Uh, <clears throat> And so Jesus located this man and he told him, see, he gave him, here's the test. Are you going to be a doer of the word? Because this man had said, you come down to my house and heal my son. Now, a lot of people be offended and upset and mad because Jesus didn't come down. He just said, he said, go thy way, thy son liveth. And this is where the, are you going to believe what the man of God says? 
And a lot of times, we just don't believe. There's people in here that have been told, God says you're healed. And they, didn't, they, don't, they believe. They just go because they're looking for something. They're looking to feel it all and feel it all right then. And then there's, you know, another thing is a lot of times there's people get healed in these services. They get healed and they feel better. But when they go home, the symptoms start to come back. And they don't have any root in themselves. They don't know how to hold on to the anointing. They can't hold the anointing longer than five minutes. you got to learn how to not only get it, but to hang on to it. Amen. And you do that from meditating on the Word. The reason you can't hold on to it, you don't have a foundation in your life. And you're not going to get a foundation in your life meditating on the Word for a week. Start out for about, start out about, we'll talk to you after six months of every day, day and night. And you hadn't missed a day. We don't have enough tenacity in the body of Christ anymore. Or uh, Nor Nor Norval Hayes was having a meeting over in Georgia. And uh, there was a woman. It was a five-week healing meeting. She's sick. She's got terminal cancer. And she's sitting on the front row. They've, she's called ahead. They have special seating for her because she's dying. And uh, they got her on the front row. So she comes for two weeks. And then she misses a night. And the next night she's there and Norval Hayes hangs over the pulpit. And he says, he says, where were you last night? She says, oh, we was kind of tired. We went to Lenox Square shopping. He said, you're going to die. She started crying. Have you heard this story, Reggie? <laughs> He's normal. He knows normal. Anyway, <clears throat> he said, you're going to die. He said, don't you miss another meeting. And she didn't, and she got her healing. We are, the body of Christ needs to shape up. Amen. All of us. See, so I, don't, well, I, want mir I want to be it like miracles like the old days. Well, the old days people were doing something we're not doing in the body of Christ. And the ministers were being... I decided today, you know, we're so against seeker-friendly. But I think we've become seeker-friendly in another way is we don't say things like that to people. And a lot of people need something said. Hallelujah. I didn't hear any amens, just one old me back there. <laughs> uh, so I think we're going to end with that. But I will say this one thing. You know, if you, if you have doubts and you're, you're, you're doing all this stuff, but you're still, you still hadn't got it nailed down, you know what you need to do? You need to call the man that can, the, the man, the, that can pray the prayer of faith. That's what you need to do. You need to call the man that can pray the prayer of faith. Hallelujah. That's right. That's what James says. Call for the elders of the church. Let them pray the prayer of faith. And God will get you out of it. And then you start building your foundation. Amen. So there's not any shame. We're talking about how to receive, and there's not any shame of receiving that way either. Amen. Because here's the bottom line. Bottom line is get healed, and the bottom line is to live. Hallelujah. That's the whatever you have to do to live. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Pastor, what should we do? Well, let's pray the prayer of faith. That anybody, if anybody wants us to pray the prayer of faith, we will. So come up here, and we'll pray the prayer of faith tonight. Anybody need that? Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm glad you were here.